Today's episode of We Went Blues is presented by the Salvation Army. Your donations can help those affected by COVID-19 find help and hope. To give, ask your smart speaker to make a donation to the Salvation Army or make your gift at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Episode 44 of We Went Blues, the podcast Bear Jackman and Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic St. Louis. And Jack's our guest this week. He is a guy who's uh, <laughs> got a lot of work going on these days, even though the NHL isn't uh, in session, because Jack's, he just had his uh, third baby. First, uh, Lila and Lenny, the two girls, and now they've added a boy, uh, Campbell. You and I both have uh, just the two kids, but now Osh looks like he's playing zone defense. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I tried to convince him just to stop it too, but he wanted that boy. So congratulations, Osh. And uh, how's the uh, how's the, the craziness of uh, three kids? Uh, it's crazy. Um, thanks for thanks for having me on, on the podcast, first of all. And uh, I'm I'm more busy now than uh, than I've ever been. <laughs> I heard you uh, do an interview uh, recently, and you're saying that you're hoping the playoffs come so you can get a, a little break, and uh, you know some guys will be beating on you, but you'll uh, gladly take the, the the time off. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I, I strategically planned this to have uh, have Cam in in season so that I would uh, get a couple nights on the road and sleep <laughs> in a hotel. But uh, you know the things changed and and i'm here full time but no it's it's uh it's great to be here and and you know be around the family and, and spend some some quality time together but uh you know three is definitely a little bit of a change um but we, we have some help in the house right now and, and lauren's sister and her friend so uh we're actually still we actually still outnumber them uh you know four adults to, to three kids so we're uh we're doing just fine it's pretty good. So, how did the? Uh, I know you did some family photos today. How did that uh, work out? I know your girls are pretty uh, photogenic and and love being in front of the camera. But uh, how did Campbell do? Campbell was good. Um, you know, Lila as a baby was was pretty decent. Um, she had some complications early, early uh, in her in her life. Um, as you know, you you came to the the hospital and said hi. Um, but uh, Lenny was a, a nightmare. Um, she has a big personality and, uh, and was kind of tough as a little baby. And Cam's just, honestly, he's very relaxed. He wants to eat all the time. And other than that, he just likes hanging out and, and chilling. So, uh, he was actually the easiest to deal with during the, during the photo shoot. And, uh, Lila was very dramatic with her pictures. Uh, I think she sees mom doing her Instagram stuff a little too much. And, and, uh, so she was, she wanted to do all her own poses um but it was it was good it's not something we do very often is get family pictures so it was uh nice to carve out a little little chunk of time to get them done and which we saw on uh, social media the other day uh, the girls had some fun with you putting some uh, makeup on when you were sleeping how'd that go yeah it was uh you know I, I i don't really get to to nap these days with uh you know being uh the teacher and and the dad and having three so uh me and me and Cam. I'm not sure if Cam's in the video, but originally it was me and Cam that were that were napping together, and we kept felt someone 
kind of touching my face and uh it was uh if i remember it was kind of a late night the night before with cam not sleeping too much and uh yeah so i i thought you know i knew they were playing around with makeup and i didn't think they actually got any on me and uh i definitely didn't think i was on video i didn't find out till the next day um <laughs> but uh uh i was walking around making dinner and uh i think it was uh lauren's sister uh she was like hey you know you know you have eyeshadow on your right eye right or your left eye and i was like no i didn't i guess i was walking around all all afternoon uh with uh blue eyeshadow on <laughs> that would have been great if you're doing one of your uh you know zoom interviews and you had no idea that that uh that was on you <laughs> yeah it would have been uh it would have made for a better story but you know luckily lauren was able to capture it and send it out to the world right away Jack, you've been there with the makeup, haven't you? Uh, not that I remember. I think with my nieces uh, years ago, but uh, McKenna hasn't uh, hasn't locked me down and uh, did my makeup yet. But you know, as this quarantine moves on, I might be doing a little bit uh, uh, more of the things that she asked. Actually, uh, McKenna dyed her hair uh, rainbow colors uh, just recently, and then uh, convinced uh, uh, Jenny to do the same. So. She's, uh, she's got the old Easter egg head going right now, and uh, she's lucky that we're uh, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> I might have to text Jenny and tell her to get uh, McKenna to do, run some pranks on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she'd be uh, she'd be glad to. So yeah, you, you start that bug, it might uh, end up being a full on prank war in our house. Well, Osh, we got a ton of things to talk to you about. The first thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, you did a Zoom video call the other day. The NHL has done a good job of putting those out. And I think it was in that Zoom call that they asked you about being drafted by the Blues. And, you know, knowing you, when you got to St. Louis, you kind of made it known that you weren't some history buff of the NHL. So when the Blues drafted you and they asked you, you know, who are you looking forward to playing with, what did you have to do? I I heard uh, you had to jump on the computer. Yeah, so I kind of, you know, I think it's, I've been in Washington enough time now where I can kind of, I'm not, you know, it's a little embarrassing, but uh, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings when I was, uh, when I was a blue. Um, But yeah, they asked me if I knew anyone on the, on the team. And I, you know, I've, I've said this plenty throughout my career. I don't watch hockey and I never did growing up. I'd never been, I still haven't been to an NHL game uh, except for the ones that I played in or, or the ones where I'm hurting up in the, up in the press box. So, um, I didn't know anyone, so I just, you know, was pretty quick on my feet. I was like, you know, all of them, obviously, just to play in the NHL with, with that caliber player would be great. Um, and so right away I'd had to go in and, you know, I think I believe it's still dial-up internet back then. And so I had to get on the internet and try to find out. Uh, I searched the roster, the coaches, uh, GMs. I tried to figure out all I all I could. Um, <laughs> I wasn't the greatest uh, math math sorry school student so um i didn't do very well and i think i was asked again later and i still just stayed with the same answer <laughs> well you're always quick on your feet to uh get the answers out and saying all of them but obviously i was your favorite player wasn't i oh hands down i mean best roommate you could ask for big brother to me for sure i would i would have said number five for sure if i uh you know even if i would have even watched hockey back then after uh all the guys that you took down and dropped the mitts with, you know, you would have been high up on the list. <laughs> I'd always protect you there, kid. <laughs> so when you first got to, uh, you got to St. Louis, there was a, 
you know, we were coming out of uh, a couple down seasons and, uh, you know, you, you come right in and, and you and Berge uh, form a pretty good friendship. You guys are living together and uh, uh, playing the same line with uh, with uh, David Perron. What was it like uh, to have a couple young guys that you could kind of go through, uh, you know, your first couple years with and, uh, you know, talk about your relationship with uh, with Berge and, and uh, you know, how close you guys got it was it was awesome um my first training camp uh, we were uh we went out there early august so we stayed together me bergie and uh jonas yunland um originally i had my own room and then they shared uh, a room at the residence in um out by uh where the practice rink was out by st charles and uh i kind of got bored in my room by myself you know in college you have three or four roommates plus you do everything together and so uh you know me and Bergie hit it off right away and I asked them if they're they were okay if I stayed on their couch just so I could hang out with them and um and so we ended up going three guys to the room I slept on the couch and uh it was you know our, our friendship grew from there we got uh our first place together and um you know became really really good friends and um you know playing with him and Peron took a little bit of the pressure off uh you know just one of us instead of it went into all three of us with Andy Murray as you know he uh he liked to pick on the young guys a little bit and I remember you know every other practice he would come up to us as we're we're skating around and kind of getting our warm-up in and be like hey just you know so you guys know I'm I'm looking for you to make a mistake so I can stop practice today and we're like oh, okay well hopefully we uh we don't make a mistake and we can uh, get through this without being made an example of. Do you have any, uh, any examples of, uh, of Andy and some of the things that he might've, uh, you know, did to you or some other guys that, uh, you know, were, were kind of funny that they caught you off guard, but, uh, you know, you're looking back, it's funny now. And, and then maybe it was a, uh, a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of a slap in the face to you. Um, gosh, I don't know about, uh, really slap in the face to me. Um, I remember one time we were, it was, I think it was right before warmups and uh, we were the, we were the still, we were the kid line at this point. And uh, Andy walked into the room. I was, I was right next to Walt and Andy came in the room and he, he tried to pull me our line together. And uh, Walt was, I don't know what he was doing. I think he was just getting ready to when, you know, he'd go around the room and kind of, um individually kind of get each guy going either with a chirp or with uh you know whatever his sayings were and uh and i just remember i'm not going to use the exact words but uh walt had ended up uh kicking andy murray out of the room <laughs> and Andy was he was like oh, come on walt and he's like no, no no this is my room yeah if you want to talk to them you can bring them back to your office this is my room get out of my room and uh uh I just remember, I remember uh, Andy stopping at the double doors right before he left the room to kind of go out where the coffee was and head to his office. And he turned around one more time and, and Walt goes, yeah, keep going. Get out of my room. <laughs> I, just, I just remember thinking like coming from college and like, you know, I, I, I respect Dave Haxall was my, my coach in college. Uh, you know, I loved him as a coach, but I was, we were, I was scared of him he was very intimidating um and i would never in a million years say anything like that 
And I just remember him uh, him saying that, and I was just baffled. And I ended up I ended up telling one of our assistant coaches that this year when he came, tried to bring in uh, some video, um, and uh, I kind of told him the story about it. But it was uh, that's just something that's one story that always sticks with me. You know, how much pull Walt had at the you know probably throughout his whole career, but definitely uh, towards the end there. That sounds like Tommy Torso, doesn't it, Jax? <laughs> oh yeah, Big Walt had uh, didn't really give a shit about what people thought about him, and uh, he always spoke his mind. And, uh, but he was always entertaining, and uh, you know, one of the most lovable guys that you uh, uh, you could have around. So I, I definitely uh, I remember that story too, and uh, you know, I, I wish I had the balls that Big Walt had sometimes. <laughs> Hey, Osh, we wanted to ask you, too, uh, you touched on Berglund and Perron, the kid line. You know, that's when I first started covering the team, my first season, 2005-06, and you turn on the TV and there's John Davidson saying, you know, come grow with us. It was a lean time coming out of the lockout. Just what was that pressure like, even though you had some veterans on the team, that they're basically running the commercials saying, come watch you guys play? What was that like? Uh, you know, I, it didn't. it didn't feel like – uh pressure really for me uh we had so many uh established veterans so many good players um you know walt korea boise mcdonald um we we had so many good players that you know for us even though you know we were doing some some media stuff and um a lot of other things it kind of it more so just felt like you know here's the new guys and uh, we want to show them off a little bit and show them, you know, maybe what the future could look like. Um, but really we, we had so many good veterans that, you know, we looked up to them and looked to them as, is kind of the, the guys that had all the pressure. Um, you know, at least that's the way I felt. I'm not sure how Bergie and Perry felt, but um, it didn't, it didn't feel like, like, like much pressure, but it, it definitely was very nice to, um, you know, for the team, um, not only the players, but for the for the team to kind of throw us out there and and um, you know put us on the signs on the streets and stuff like that to show that you know we belong there and 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 we're blues and um, you know they 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 feel like we're a big part of the future. Oh, I want to give you a lot of credit because uh, uh, you know I was you know around you quite a bit, but you always handled yourself uh, very well. And I know the uh, the marketing team, you know, like you said, they're putting your signs up and all that. But uh, a lot of things the fans didn't see was how many uh, lunch dates and dinner dates you had to go on because uh, of marketing, just trying to sell tickets. Were advertising that uh, you were going to be. Uh, uh, having dinner with, uh, you know, probably about four or five, uh, 16 year olds and, and their dad or their mom, because, uh, they just bought season tickets. Yeah. Thanks. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It was, yeah. It, you know, sometimes, you know, after a road trip or something, having to, to go out and do a dinner with, with people you don't know is, uh, you know, there's times where you'd rather sit on the couch and watch TV, but, um, you know, I always, from high school all the way up, I always felt like I had so much support and, and always wanted to, uh, that the fans deserved to, you know, to get those times, especially, you know, a lot of those were for, were for charities, um, that the blues were putting on and, um, or to sell, sell tickets. So, um, you know, I was, I was definitely happy to do them. 
TJ, uh, I feel like I've asked this question a lot this year on the podcast. Uh, David Prawn, we had Colton Pareko. They all learned a lot from Jax, but you guys were especially close, you and Jax uh, being roommates. Give me a Give me a roommate story that comes off the, the top of your mind. And then just also, same thing I asked those other guys. What are some lessons that uh, Jack's taught you along the way? Uh, I think it, it probably took me a little bit longer than, you know, maybe most guys. But Jax was always so professional with the way he approached the game, whether it was his preparation or um, his lifting uh the way how hard he played the game how unselfish he played the game um and a lot of that stuff really really stood up something was the game a little, but i learned that that's something that has to be uh ingrained uh in uh you know in my game and and for um i was a pretty shy guy uh you know even as i was getting two three four years into the league and at training camp, you know, I would still kind of be quiet and not really get myself out there. And Jack's always right away when new guys were coming in or young guys or guys that had just signed, you know, I always noticed that Jack's would always right away, like a leader would do, is go up, introduce himself, you know, ask him about his family, ask him about how the travel was, how he's like in St. Louis. And and that's something that now I try to do as, as an older guy. And, uh, you know, it seems so easy, but, you know, when you're kind of a shy guy, it's kind of a hard thing to do. Um, so that's something that I kind of took away from Jax and, uh, you know, as a roommate, it was, it was awesome. I mean, you would think being in a room with an older guy that, you know, he would make you turn the TV off when he wants to go to bed or you have to get up when he gets up. But Jax was very relaxed and he actually said if he had the remote, he'd probably stay up too late. So I was the one that controlled the TV and, um, you know, it was just, it was just so cool to see a guy that for me coming from college, uh, you know, seemed so much more mature and so much uh, older than I was, be so down to earth and, and uh, you know, really take me under his wing and make me feel welcome and, and uh, make me feel really like his, like his younger brother. It was uh, a very, very special for me to have a guy like Jax there and, and uh, you know, to kind of lead me down the right path, even though, you know, a time or two I, I might have strayed. That, that surprises me, Jax. You I never figured... strayed too far, though, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that surprised me, Jax. I figured you'd be a remote hog there. No, no. You know what? Uh, Osh was right. I hate uh, making decisions on what to watch. So Osh was, uh, he was always really good. And, uh, you know, Osh, you want to tell him a story about uh, uh, how you would uh, take care of my bed before I got in the room? Yeah. So if we, we ob- obviously, if we, uh, if we got in, um, you know, the older guys get to go on the elevator first. And, uh, so typically I won't be able to do it then, but if we went to dinner, I would make sure that, uh, either if I wasn't with Jax at dinner, but usually we were, um, uh, I would get up to the room first. I would kind of hustle, get up to the room. I would, uh, get in his bed and kind of fold the sheet nicely, almost like, uh, like a turndown service. I'd warm up the bed, and then once he got in there, I'd jump out real quick, fold the bed neatly, and then uh, jump into my cold bed. And uh, so anytime Jax got up in the room, his bed was ready to go. He could just slip right in. It was nice and warm. And, uh, you know, he wouldn't have to worry about, uh, you know, kicking inside the blankets to warm himself up. Now that's a buddy, Jax. That just goes above and beyond. That is. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Hey, I mean. 
you gotta you gotta take care of uh of the guys who take care of you and i guess that was the only way i could do it <laughs> you just wanted uh, my arthritis and uh sore uh, muscles to be taken care of and not have to touch the cold i appreciate that buddy <laughs> Hey, TJ, uh, I'm going to be working on a story later today. It'll be up at The Athletic uh, soon, and I want to talk to you about uh, you get drafted in 2005. That's the year that Crosby goes to the Penguins. Uh, the next year, Jonathan Taves on the board. The Blues have the number one overall pick. They, of course, go with uh, Eric Johnson, You know who is a, a friend of yours, but uh, I kind of remember you making a push for Taves. Did you tell the Blues that uh, he's the guy they should get? Yeah, I I did. Um you know, I, I, I don't know how, how much, uh, you know, in, but, you know, a, a freshman in college can, can give, you know, pro scouts, but, um, I, I had mentioned to them just kind of the type of player he was and, um, you know, ever, he was 17 as a, as a freshman in college, he finished, I think only went to high school for three years. So he, uh, he was very mature at a young age and someone that I, I knew would be very good um, in the NHL and, and be in the NHL for a long time. So uh, we had imagined and we had hoped that, uh, that the blues were going to draft him. Um, you know, back then EJ being the size he was and the talent that he has, um, you know, and I've talked to scouts from back then and they're like, no matter what you do at the time, I think anyone that had the one overall was probably going to take EJ, but uh, you know, looking back, obviously to, uh, to pick up Johnny and uh, you know, to have that number one center and uh, you know, future leader, future captain um, you know, it, it would definitely would have changed the the course of history. And, you know, my, my first year um, which would have been John's second year uh, EJ had the, the accident. So he missed, uh, I was playing with him for a year and, you know, you never know what would have happened if that didn't happen. But, uh, you know, Johnny's career and, and his, uh, his resume, I think speaks for itself. Yeah. Those scouts have, uh, they get a tough job, especially, uh, like you said, you see a, uh, you know, a big D man, they could move, uh, the way that EJ could and, and, and that, and you, you know, you look back years later and, uh, obviously, uh, Johnny Taze has, uh, become, uh, you know, a staple in, in the league and one of the best players for years. But yeah, your, uh, your insight sometimes is people just don't listen to Yosh. Yeah, I know. And I, I find that happens a lot at my house. It's, uh, it's, uh, I've learned, I've learned to deal with it, you know, obviously with them not listening to me about Johnny, it's, uh. It's been a long time of people not listening to me, so it's kind of just my comfort zone now. <laughs> hey, Osh, we want to talk to you also about the trade. You know, the Blues lose to Minnesota in that uh, series, and it just seemed like something had to happen. A move had to be made. Not you necessarily, uh, but Doug Armstrong did pull off the move. Uh, you to Washington for Troy Brower. You know, people speculated a strained relationship between Ken Hitchcock and you. I know that uh, some people read into comments that you would make and you would say, guys, look, I'm not trying to say anything. You guys are misinterpreting. Just, you know, kind of set the record straight. What was your relationship like with Hitch and, and what was it like uh, to, to eventually get moved? I think me and Hitch had actually a, a really good relationship. Um, you know, I, I think... Uh, Hitch was very, very concerned about turnovers and obviously, you know, someone that likes to stick hand a little bit at times is going to turn the puck over. So that's the only kind of time where, um, 
we didn't see eye to eye, but I always respected his decision and, and how he wanted me to play. And I feel like, I feel like I'm the way I play the game is how the coaches want me to play the game. And so, um, you know, he had mentioned to me numerous times that, um, you know, he loved the way I played and my coachability. And, uh, you know, he always, he was a little bit of a, of a perfectionist. So, um, you know, he just kind of keep nagging about certain things, but, um, we had a great relationship off the ice. You know, we would joke with each other on, you know, optional skates when I'd hang around a little bit longer, you know, he would, you know, come hang out and we'd have a lot of chats in his, in his office, just about the team and things like that, where, you know, I was, I wasn't necessarily a veteran player on the team, but, you know, I had a couple of years under my belt, but he would, he would talk to me as if I was a veteran and what I thought and ask for my opinion. So we had, uh, I think we had a great relationship is as good. I think as anyone else on the team. Um, but, uh, I, I, I hope that wasn't why I got traded. I, you know, I, I like to think that maybe Washington didn't really wanted me, but so, um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I always, I always thought I was going to be a blue forever. And, you know, when that, when that call happened, it was kind of, kind of shocking. Um, especially with some conversations that I had with, uh, Doug Armstrong in the summer leading up to that point. But, uh, you know, it, it happened and, and now I, I love where I'm at and I love being in DC and, um, you know, with that, I always, you know, will cherish my time as a blue. Yeah. When, uh, when you got traded, Osh, I just told them, I uh, walked in the office and I said, if Osh isn't here, I'm not playing here anymore either. And, uh, so that's why I went on to, uh, to Nashville, but, uh, well, it was like a, like a Rudy situation. You, you would you throw your Jersey down on the, on the desk. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Army just laughed and said, okay, have fun. <laughs> yeah, <it was> little... <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember, um, you know, and Jax, you'll remember this. We were we were pretty shooken up after after losing. Um, and there were so many questions about, you know, what do we need to do to get to the next level? We felt like we were such a good team. Um, why aren't we, you know, why aren't we going all the way? And I remember uh, Army calling me, and we had a long conversation. He's like, I want you to be completely honest with me about how the locker room is, you know. Um, where you see us going in the future, all this stuff. And he's like, he's like, you know, you can say whatever you want. Uh, I, I, I would like to know it all. I want our team to get better. And, you know, at that point I was like, Oh, like there's, you know, trade rumors going around about a bunch of guys on the team. And uh, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to be honest with this guy. And I definitely didn't, <clears throat> didn't throw anyone under the bus. And I was just, you know, I, I even talked about myself, about myself, about how, thought I needed to be get stronger and and be more of a physical presence throughout 82 games and stay healthier and all this stuff and then sure enough I think it was like I think it was 10 days later he made the call again and I assumed he was just checking up on me and asking about my training because I changed my training regimen to go away from what the blues had been writing for me every summer to using uh uh the ARP which a lot of other guys uh in the league use and uh and so I thought he was just asking me about my training and sure enough, you know, he asked me how I was doing. I said it and he was like, all right, great. Well, uh, just want to let you know your trade to the Washington Capitals. Their GM will be giving you a call soon. Right. Bye. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what? Wait, what? What? What just happened? 
Lauren, pack your bags. Yeah. Sorry, honey. And, uh, <laughs> you know, afterwards I was a little upset that, you know, Hitch had, didn't reach out and army didn't, you know, say thank you for my time and saying Lewis that, you know, I like to feel like I put a lot on the ice every night for the organization. And so, uh, I think I had said something to the media about that when they had asked me what was said and if, you know, if, if they thanked me and I said, just said no. And then sure enough, you know, the next day I got, um, a text and a phone call from both of them. But so I was a little sour for a little while, but it's all in the past for me now. And, um, you know, that, that, that first six months for sure. Um, and the first time I played the blues, you know, I wanted to kill him, but, uh, <laughs> but now it's all, it's, it's all, uh, you know, respect and love for the city and the fans and all my teammates and the coaches and my time there. Yeah. So, uh, going to Washington and, uh, you know, you have that amazing run and, and you end up, uh, you know, be able to, to lift that cup for the first time. Uh, you know, just talk about some of the feelings, uh, having coach on the ice with you, um, you know, having Lauren and, you know, just finally getting over the the hump and, uh, you know, what was, uh, uh, what were the emotions going through you? Oh, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm not like an extremely emotional guy, but for whatever reason, there was just like tears in my eyes and I was like, Wow, what's going on? Um, I was just so, so happy. It was just pure, pure joy that, uh, you know, that's something that you don't, uh, for me anyways, I don't think you feel that a lot in your life. And, um, you know, I had that for different reasons, um, you know, on my wedding day and the day that at that point my two girls were born. And um, it was just, it was just crazy thinking about, all the years of my career, um, all the time spent and, you know, never being able to get it done and, and finally getting it done. So it was, uh, it was really, you know, one of the best feelings in the world, um, you know, to win something that you've been trying to, trying to get your whole life. So it was, uh, it was great. And obviously having my dad there, um, you know, he doesn't really travel anymore. We were, we were kind of iffy on whether or not he should come, but, um, you know, we, we were able to work it out and, you know, to have my dad there with, uh, dealing with Alzheimer's, um, was, was pretty special. And my, my aunt texted me the next morning. And at that point he didn't typically remember, you know, the things he did the day before. And, uh, he had woke up and I guess the first thing he said was we got the cup. So it was, it was a pretty cool, cool text from my aunt who was there with him. And, uh, you know, just awesome that, he remembers that and you know right above his bed he has a picture of me and him in the cup and so it was it's uh it was a good moment for me and obviously all the all the caps organization fans and, and our families yeah it was pretty cool uh you know i don't show a lot of emotion either but uh i might have been crying that night for you bud so <laughs> yeah proud of you um and then uh you know the next day uh you know it was pretty cool that uh, uh, you gave me a FaceTime. It was probably about, I think it was seven, probably eight in the morning here in St. Louis. And uh, I get this FaceTime as I'm walking into uh, uh, Caden's dentist appointment and you're sitting there in your hotel room with the cup beside you. you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I had been saying, and I, just in my mind, we were always, if I, if we won it in DC, we were going to win it. Um, 
in at, at, at home and uh i always wanted to have the cup and watch the sun up and go sit on you know the the lincoln memorial on the steps kind of like in Step Brothers, you know when they're 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 having like a bottle of whiskey out there after like their long wedding stretch run and uh and so we won it and we we go out and we go to caucuson or whatever it was or we walk to the hotel with with the team behind them and he's holding the cup and so we're going there the whole time the whole time i'm like hey boys like we have to like i'm not going to bed i want to watch the sun come up and have the cup sit next to us and uh and a couple guys jumped on board and i think someone actually brought the cup back to the hotel with them and then we went we went and got it from them and brought it up we had ended up having a suite um i don't know if it was on the top floor but it was like the team suite or whatever where guys can hang out and they have snacks in there and and so we all sat in there uh with the cup and obviously um, not many bad days in, in Las Vegas. So it was a clear sky and we saw the sun come up the whole time. And, um, you know, after that, uh, you know, I was able to call Jax, which you returned the favor, um, when, uh, when the blues won, which was awesome when I was heading to the golf course and you guys, uh, hadn't gone to bed yet. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, pretty, pretty cool moment. Yeah, it's definitely uh, pretty nice to see, and uh, you know, definitely uh, I'm proud of you, bud. Uh, hey, TJ, just a couple more questions for you as we uh, wrap up uh, episode number 44 of We Went Blues, but we'd re- be remiss to ask you about uh, playing with Alexander Ovechkin, having a front row seat for uh, history as he chases Wayne Gretzky. And I just looked it up. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with this, but he's got the 706 goals in regulation and you've assisted on 34 of them. If my uh, math holds up, that's got to be a good feeling to be a part of that. What's it like to, to be on the ice with him? Oh, it's, uh, it's, he's, he's a player like no guy I've ever seen. Um, he just the I've never seen someone get so much joy out of out of scoring goals, and not not only just him. If anyone on the ice scores, he celebrates like he scored. And you just I feel like you don't see that very often. You know, when a guy usually guys that score a lot of goals, you know, they just they want to be the one scoring. And obviously, he wants to score goals probably more than anyone in the league. But um, he gets just as excited when other people score, which I think is, is pretty amazing. But that, uh, that cup run that we went on, I think that year he only, it was one of his down years, which is, uh, if you want to call it a down year, but he only scored 33 goals that year. I think maybe not. No, actually he might've got 50, but anyways, I just remember, I just remember, um, sorry, little one walked in. (laughs) There's that zone defense. I remember in that playoffs, he kind of he just brought his game to to a different level, and uh, since then it seems like that level hasn't left. And obviously, regular season is different than playoffs, but he just he just keeps scoring goals, and it's it's really a treat to watch. I tell him every day um, when I walk in, I call him legend, and uh, <laughs> every day you know he comes back and says the same thing to me, but you know. I know he's lying and I'm being serious, but every day I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell my grandkids that I played with the big man, played with the legend. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, he'll say it to me all the time, but I know, I know he's like, like, that's not true, but uh, it's just, uh, it really is, uh, you know, pretty cool to be a part of that. And I've been fortunate enough to assist on a couple of his, 
um, uh, milestone goals, which seem to happen, you know, a couple times a season now. Um, so it's, uh, you know, pretty cool. I thought you used to call uh, Jamie Langenbrunner legend. Yeah, he is. Pass that on. No, nah, yeah. There, I mean, there's more than one legend, you know. But, uh, yeah, Langs, he's, uh, he's definitely a legend in my book, hands down. <laughs> one of the best. Uh, just before we let you go, Osh, just want to talk to you about uh, getting uh, voted in for the All Star Game here in St. Louis and the, uh, you know, the standing ovation that you got. I think it was probably the loudest one, uh, uh, even probably more than uh, you know the, the current Blues player. So, what was that like for you? I, I know it's kind of a, a busy time of the year, and it's nice to have a break, but uh, to be able to come back to St. Louis and get that reception, what was that uh, like for you? Uh, it was very uh very heartwarming the i don't know it's you know i don't know how many people get you know um standing ovations or get applauded by crowds of people but that's something that you know it uh it gives you goosebumps and and um you know it makes you feel very very appreciated and uh you know st louis definitely did that for me while I was there and uh you know all the all the times when I was there and you know there there was a couple Oshi chants in the crowd or uh, my first game back when they they played the video on the jumbotron and then definitely uh at the all-star game um just such a such a class act from from uh from the St. Louis fans and it would uh it meant so much um for you know coach was there as well to this one um i didn't want him to miss going back to st louis and uh i think those were those are only two times he's traveled in the last couple years so that shows you uh you know how special it was to to our family um to be back there so um you know i can't thank the the blues fans enough and the people of st louis for uh you know the the warm welcome I, i can't it's hard to describe the the feeling um you know, when, when people show you that much support. Well, you're so one of the, the fan favorites here in St. Louis, uh, TJ and uh, fans who listen to the podcast will uh, look forward to hearing your voice and hearing all these stories about your days in St. Louis. So uh, we want to get you back on the ice like the rest of the league, but we're glad that you had a little break here uh, that you could join us. So thank you very much. And I know Jax appreciates it too. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, Osh, uh, no, you're good. Love you, buddy. Uh, make sure you say hi to the family for us, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Jax, love your brother. JR, always a pleasure. Osh, babe. That's TJ Oshie, the former Blue, now the Washington Capitalist Stanley Cup winner and the father of three. Thank you, uh, TJ, for your time today. Episode 44 of We Went Blues. Tyler Sagan of the Dallas Stars is Craig Custon's guest on the full 60 this week at The Athletic. Also, Jax, we've introduced a comment section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app, so make sure you say hello and let us know how we are doing. Also, make sure you rate and subscribe. We Went Blues on Apple. If you click on the show URL, theathletic.com forward slash We Went Blues, you'll get 40% off your subscription. So for TJ Oshie, for Barrett Jackman, I'm Jeremy Rutherford. Thank you for joining us for episode number 44 of We Went Blues. We will be back with you next week. Thank you.